This is November 26th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky, and this week's Thanksgiving. How nuts is that? I feel like the season's flying by. It's end of November, almost December, almost Christmas time. Um, but you're listening to this on Tuesday or maybe Wednesday or whenever you might listen to your podcasts. Um, but this drops Tuesday. So maybe as you're listening to this, you're out buying stuff for Thanksgiving or you're starting to cook. Uh, it's an exciting time. My favorite Thanksgiving side, I would say, is probably mashed potatoes or stuffing. I know that's really not a hot take or original at all. Um, pretty mundane, pretty normal. But one thing I do that thanks, uh, Thanksgiving, people are talking about their, um, their unpopular food opinions. I don't know if this is unpopular so much as maybe it's unique to like me and like a hundred other people. Or maybe everybody does this. I, maybe I have a weird family. I don't know. But what I like to do is I like to take the stuffing and the mashed potatoes and the turkey, eat it all at once off the, off the fork at the same time with gravy on it. So it's kind of all mashed together. Um, that's what I love to do. Kind of like the KFC famous bowl where everything's just together. That's what I love. Just everything together. I don't, I don't like eating things separately. I like to eat everything together. We, me with, is the host of Bruins Beat. You as the listeners, we're all together. That's what we're doing on Thanksgiving. Um, but I will like to say I'm thankful for you guys. Um, you guys are tremendous, tremendous. You guys show me great support. Um, so thank you for that. And that's what I'm thankful for, uh, this Thanksgiving. And also if you guys could go and I never ask for this cause I always feel weird asking for it, but if you guys could leave a five-star rating and a nice review, wherever you get your, uh, podcast, uh, for Bruins beat, that would be so greatly appreciated. I would absolutely love that from you guys. Um, and again, thank you so much for all uh, of the support. So for this week, um, there, there's a few unique Bruins things that we had to get to. Uh, and, and this week I had on my good friend, Matt Castle of Bruins Daily, young up and coming guy like myself. Um, and we had a great conversation on a lot of different topics. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy this one. Um, and so without further ado, here's my conversation with Matt Castle. And we're here with Matt Castle. Matt, what is up? What's up, Evan? The kids are back. It's great to be on the pod. So uh, shout out to you. Shout out to the youngins of the crew. What's up? How are we doing? Us youngins, we have to stick together. Matt does great work, obviously, over at Bruins Daily. Um, okay, Matt, let's talk some bees. A couple Bruins things to talk about. Um, number one, Bruins come out with a new third jersey on Sunday. Uh, we knew it was coming. We've been waiting for this to come. Um, and there have been some leaks as time has gone on of what it might be. And it was the leak, correct? It was the leaked jersey that we thought. Yep. Um, I really like it. I'm a guy who likes simple. Don't go too hard, you know. Keep it, as they always say, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Just, just do normal stuff. And they did that with this jersey. And I liked it. What do you think? Oh, I I loved it, to be honest. Like you said, it was super simple, but it was like just different enough where it gave you like a new feel for it. Like it obviously doesn't look anything like what they're currently rocking. And that's what you want from a alternate Jersey. But I, I really liked it. I really, yeah, I really mean, liked it. I did. I mean, the one, I guess, criticism I would have is it's just kind of the B in the middle. I wish there might've been something else around it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a little bland there. I wouldn't give it like a 10 out of 10. I wouldn't give it like a nine and a half out of 10, but it's, they're really sleek. They're really nice, but my one beef is I kind of just wish the B was, 
There was something to it. I am the last, I, again, like I can't preface, I, I want to preface this hard. I'm the last person who should be telling you what to wear, how to wear it, styles, because like I, I can, I can barely match my clothes. <laughs> so I don't know, like Pete Blackburn had said that they should put like the, the crazy bear in the middle. I don't really know what you could do with the B. I mean, I like it as is. I just wish maybe there was a little bit extra there. I, I, I get what you're saying. I think what they were doing with the B is like they, they went with that simple route like they did with um, the winter classic jerseys where it was just the yeah. old oh, school exactly. retro B. And I think that works. And I know uh, like Connor Ryan and all the guys wanted the, uh, the old school bear on there, but I don't know if that works for this jersey. I don't think it would. It wouldn't at all. I mean, looking at it right now, obviously, unfortunately, I can't show it on a podcast because it's a podcast. I'm not going to sit here and describe the jersey to you. It's on Twitter. It's everywhere. Um, if you want to go check it out, I like again. I can't. I can't say it enough. I like it. Just wish there was maybe a little extra to it. Um, I want to ask you though. Yeah. Out of all the alternate jerseys that they've had, probably in the past like 20 years, because there's been a few. What's been your favorite? Um. One of my favorite. Well, I love the Winter Classic jerseys of that, this past year. This past year was one of my favorites. I'm gonna have to go back and through see all of them, but uh, I would say that one's definitely up there. I mean, the old I, school one with uh, when Joe Thornton was rocking the like the like almost like maze golden uh, one with the big bear on it. Oh, the Pooh Bear. Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah, that one's rough. I don't that know if I would just, go that far. That one right. was a meme. Yeah, but no. Uh, I would say that probably the Winter Classic. I mean, that's recently biased, but I think those are sleek. See, I love the Men in Black alternates they had from, I think it was 08 until 2016. They mm-hmm. had them. They were always the third jerseys. I love those. They were, uh, they were just, they, again, they were simple. They had the logo on the front. They were just mainly black. They were, I just, I really, really liked them. Um, and then another jersey that gets lost in this, and I tweeted this out, and it's kind of controversial, I guess. The 2010 Winter Classic jerseys, I loved. Those were so cool. And that was yeah. done so well. And that Winter Classic gets lost in a lot of stuff. But that was such a cool jersey. The gold and the brown, it just, it worked so well. I remember I went to a Bruins game that year and they were wearing them at home. And I was like, this is epic. I love those jerseys. And I wish they would do something to bring them back. I think they only wore them that year and they never touched them again. I loved those. I don't know if you, I don't know if you liked them. I'm looking at them right now. Honestly, I, I liked all three of the Bruins Winter Classic jerseys. I think they've done a really good job. And they've switched it up every time, so it's, they're not doing the same thing. But, like, going back to my point, I really liked last year's Winter Classics, and I hope it's not the same case as, like, that's the only time they're going to wear them. I think it will. But, but see, also, I think that they base this alternate off of those yeah, that's with Winter the... Classic years. And I think Cam Neely even said that, that they based it kind of off of that, um, it's like the 1940s, 50s type logo, where it's just the yep. B. So I think they did base it off of that, which I think is great. You know, like totally. Um, the 2016 Winter Classic jerseys were nice. They were they were very similar to the Men in Black jerseys, and I that game sucked. Like not mm-hmm. even because the Bruins lost. I that, yeah. like that wasn't even that big of a deal. Gillette Stadium. The game it's the Gillette Stadium. The game itself just didn't do it for me it was a 5-1 Canadians win it was really just lackluster it wasn't a good hockey game 
boring. I, I think, think the it, venue the, didn't help it either. The Gillette Stadium to me, like, yes, the Patriots have been amazing the past 20 years, but going from Fenway to Gillette, like, Gillette Stadium is not this incredible special shrine. It was just kind of like, meh, okay. Like, you, you, you did a game outdoors. You could have done that anywhere, and it wouldn't have made a difference to me. Um, but again, they already did Fenway. So that's the jerseys. Overall, very good. Um, I want to ask you this, and I wasn't going to ask you this, but I'm going to ask you this. Fire away. What do you think of the home jerseys? Uh, I mean, to be honest, like I said, I, I kind of like everything they rock. It's, it's just cla- classic vintage. Why, do you have a beef with it? No, I don't. But I was thinking today, and I was like, they've had those home jerseys for over 10 years now because they, they, they expanded the lines on the B in 07, 08. Yep. And uh, I believe Reebok took over and then they changed the socks when Adidas took over in 2017. They've had pretty much the same Jersey now for 12 years. Yeah. I do wonder if they're going to, if they're working on a new one because it's been a long time. They're nice jerseys. I really like them. Yeah. And they've had success with them, which is the biggest thing. And nobody wants to change success. But I just wonder if they're going to make any tweaks to it in the future because Adidas is actively working on these jerseys. I yeah. do wonder if they say, hey, we've had these for 12 years. Let's try something different. Because it's not like the Blackhawks jerseys or yeah. the Canadians jerseys where they're always set. You can change this jersey around. I do wonder if they're going to start to change it in the future because I like them. But at some point, people are gonna, you're going to start to hear people in the next couple of years say, hey, this is the same jersey. Let's yeah. do something different. I could see it. I mean, you yeah. definitely can tweak it, but like, you also don't want to like go past the line of like you're you're like messing with like a classic, you know? Oh like, yeah, the original yeah. six franchises. But like, people have tweaked the jerseys before, so yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be against that at all. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. It's definitely fun to think about. It's great for people like us who sit here and just shoot the shit about what the jersey might look like. <laughs> we thank God we don't have any influence on the style of these jerseys. Oh, I don't know I wish about we that. Did. Bruce Cassidy actually called me up. He's like, hey, get when the kids. their jerseys. <laughs> get the hey, kids you, together. You, you kids. What, what are the kids like in these days? They like these jerseys? Do they not like them? What are kids into? Are we going to have TikTok sponsor these jerseys? Um, like, hey, uh, Bruce, get a Penn State logo on there. Then uh, we'll be in business. Stop. Enough. Um, <laughs> that officially ends the segment. <laughs> um, all right. So in real Bruins news, aside from jerseys, Jack Stadnika. Uh, was called up Monday, yep. um, kind of out of nowhere, but kind of not. I mean, they've been kind of testing these kids up, bringing them up and down from Providence. Uh, 18 points in 21 games. Yep. What do you think of the move bringing Stadnika up? Well, I think they did it just out of necessity um, because Bergeron's out again, and you never know if, like, Park Lindholm's going to be fully healthy. He's been pretty injury-prone this season. Um, so that's why I think they did it. That's why they did it but let me say this i love jack studenica i know i love jack studenica i think this kid is going to be so good for the bruins so i don't think he's going to be up here long term unless they have sustained injuries but just seeing him in a in a bruins jersey it's awesome and i think everyone should be excited i tweeted this the the clip of his uh highlight reel goal out earlier today and I just like, it reminded me of how good this kid could be. And he's shown it in Providence this year. Like he's been so hot goals in five straight games for, uh, 
the mini Bruins. And, uh, yeah, no, I think he's going to be really good. I don't want to throw, like, too many hot takes at you. But, like, for the, Fire sake, away. Fire for away. the sake of it, I think we could potentially be looking at the next Patrice Bergeron for the Boston Bruins for, like, the next decade. I don't think he could be as good as Patrice Bergeron, but, like, I think this kid's going to be really, really good. He's only, what, 19 or 20 years old? He's this kid's going to be – 20. He's going to be around here for a while, and I think he's going to be really, really good. See, I don't think saying he's the next Bergeron is that hot of a take. I mean, Bergeron obviously is special, and, like, God forbid you say anything bad about him, people kill you. But I think the Bruins' center depth for the future is actually not that deep. It really isn't. For the like, future? For the future, it isn't. And, like, that's something you have to consider. I mean, Bergeron and Krejci aren't getting any younger. They're going to yeah. need Studnika to be good. Like, yeah. he, at this point, it's not like, oh, man, it's great that, like, the Bruins have this really good center. In the, like, they need Studnika to be nasty. They need him to be the future number one center. And I think it's crazy getting experience. Obviously, it's not a necessity. But part of me thinks, leave the kid at Providence. Leave the kid down there. Let him fully develop. Don't hinder his comfort down there. Don't hinder his development. You know, if he comes up here, has a few bad games. You don't want that to hurt his, you know, his, his mentality. I think keep him down below. And now the way my predictions have gone this year, Stanika's probably going to come up and score a hat trick in his first game. Like that's just how this <laughs> he's not go. going to, he's not going to sniff the dunk for the rest of his career after <laughs> a, an opening night Hattie. After I know after what I just said, and he'll probably get a Hattie, and he'll never be down there again. But I do think for his development, not a bad idea to keep him down there permanently. Again, I'm with you. I think this kid's going to be really, really good. Just let him develop. Just let him develop because he does need some more weight on him. I don't know if he's fully NHL ready yet. Um, the preseason feels like ten years ago. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, I know you are huge on this kid. You're going to be writing stories about him. We're going to be reading them. Um, oh, yeah. Big time. But I do wonder how this uh, sort of hurts his development. Okay. So uh, Saturday night, Bruins go out. Uh, they look dead in the water. They look down. They look out of it. I figure, okay, it's a 4-2, you know, Saturday night loss to the Minnesota Wild in mid-November. Whatever. This game, you know, who cares? It's pretty irrelevant. And then Bruins come back. Two goals in the final two minutes. Yep. And then Tory Krug wins it in overtime. A lot of takeaways from that game. But I think number one on my list, aside from how good the last three minutes was, which I wrote about on CNLSmedia.com, you can go look at that. Shameless plug. But I think one of the biggest takeaways is don't trade Tory Krug, you idiots. Why, why are there people advocating for this? Why? I mean, I, well, I don't really get why people want to trade Tory Krug. What do you think? Uh, well, number of reasons. One, he's going to be coming up for a contract here, so I don't know um, if they think we can afford him. And B, they his value right now will like never be higher. So you could exchange him for like a second line right wing, which is something that has plagued the Boston Bruins for about three or four years now. But I'm with you, Tory Krug. He does these plays every now and then that he just like seems like an American hero, like the hit in uh, the Stanley Cup, and then just oh, pardon. Parting the Red Sea, getting a game winner in overtime, and that sell he had was unbelievable. Not to mention that he's the perfect uh, power play captain and just an all-around great dude. But, um, yeah, no, keep Tory Krug. 
keep Tory Krug. Don't trade well, so him. So here's okay, but uh, so you mentioned a few of the reasons why the Bruins might trade him, and it's because his value's high. He's up at the end of the year. Can you afford him? Is he going to walk? I mean, the, the rumor is he's going to get tons more money in free agency, which is expected. I mean, there are going to be teams, I think, who you know sell the house to get Tory Krug, and I don't blame them. I mean, there are so many teams, and I've said this a lot. I think even on this podcast, you know, um. T- there are so many teams that are power play quarterback away from being really, 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 really good. If you're the Bruins, like, even if you get completely outbid and Krug says, screw you, I'm going to go get my money. Okay. Like, I'm going to get me my money. Have you seen that? Have you seen that meme? Please tell get me you've seen that. Well, no, that wasn't it, but whatever. You, you haven't seen it. The joke I haven't just, seen that meme. That joke just got totally thrown over. Whatever. Um, point, point is, Tory Krug is necessary if the Bruins want to make a run with this core for a cup. Because if you look at it, this this core does not have many chances left. I thought last year would be the last chance. This year looks like it might be the last chance. Why trade a guy who is so vital to your success and have the power play numbers go down and have offensive production as a whole go down? Why let that go when you're on you're, you're trying to go for a Stanley Cup to go out and get you know a, a second line right winger who might be good. You don't know. I mean, some some of these guys stick, some of these guys don't. It feels like when the Bruins go out and get forwards, Johansson did, Nash didn't. Obviously, that really wasn't anything to do with Nash. That was sort of a, you know concussions. Can't blame him for that. But still, you traded a lot for Nash and you got half a year out of it. So that's what sort of worries me is if you trade a guy like Krug for let's say Anti Mantha with the Red Wings. And you obviously get other stuff too, but let's say that happened. You don't really know how Mantha's going to play out. You don't know how the prospects are going to play out. I mean, again, you're basically trading a superstar for lottery tickets. Yep. Not a smart move if you want to go for a cup while Chara's still on the team, while Bergeron's still in his prime. Like, that's what it is to me. And you can, I mean, who are you going to bring up on defense? And you're going to have John Moore play there every night. You're going to have, you know, Grizzly take over as the power play one guy. Grizzly, I think, it will be that at some point, but he isn't that now. First off, I will hear no Matt Grizzly slander on this podcast. That guy's well, it's true. Late. Um, but here's the thing they might not even have to trade Tory Krug when it comes down to it because the Bruins are one of those teams. I don't know what, um, culture they have established but a lot of the guys you've seen it this offseason with two primary defensemen Carlo and McAvoy they take that hometown discount and I feel like Krug is one of those guys that loves being in Boston a lot like genuinely loves and they will still give him a decent contract so would you rather go play for the garbage Detroit Red Wings for two million dollars more or would you want to stay with the, the Bruins side point I don't think they should trade him but I want to throw some what – would, what would it take for you to give up Krug? What if they're like, hey, the J- Devils suck and they want to trade Taylor Hall at the uh, trade deadline? Well, Taylor Hall's up at the end of the year too. So would you do it? For that move, that's, that's a tough one because Taylor Hall comes in and he revi- – I mean, he is going to be a legit guy in your top six. Oh, my God. In that case – I mean, that would be the biggest FU to Tory Krug in the world, like to just send him to New Jersey <laughs> if you really don't think a contract's going to get done. But he for Taylor, pissed. he would be pissed, and rightfully so. But for Taylor Hall, I think I'd do it. 
And I, and I love, I'm, I'm a huge crew guy, but I do think for a guy like Taylor Hall, who's going to come in and that second line is going to, would become such a scoring threat. How do you say no to that? I, only, I mean, only possible ways you don't think he would resign, maybe. Well, yes. I just, the but devil's. So to push it, all the chips in the, the center of the table and say, hey, guys, here's our cards. We're going for it. We're all in. Because if you, you say would... that this is the last, one of the last runs for the bees, like, you got to give, got to give it everything, I guess. I don't know. That's true, but I feel like giving it everything is Krug. Like, giving it everything yeah. isn't giving up on that. But I also think you brought this up before you made your Taylor Hall point. And we'll get to the Taylor Hall hypothetical because I do think it's fun. The I will never doubt Don Sweeney re-signing his own guys ever again. I was one of the big people who said, how the hell is he going to sign Carlo and McAvoy under the like $8 million he had allotted? And he did it. And it's like, okay, they have, I think it projected $22 million next offseason. You have Coil up. You have uh, Krug up. You have DeBrusque as an RFA, I believe. You have Wagner up. I don't think they're going to bring Wagner back. They can just find any fourth liner off the street. It feels like it, and they fit in the fourth line of the Bruins. Um, but they have more space than usual. It feels like Krug is going to get re-signed. I mean, you know, Krug has said that he wants to be in Boston. That's what the I'm The hometown saying. discount is a disease in that locker room. A good disease. Uh, well, yeah, no, I mean, a great disease. He's going to get re-signed, but don't trade him and stop saying trade him. It doesn't, it like, it just, it would be such a nightmare scenario if you trade him for not someone of Taylor Hall's caliber. It, it's different with that. If it's a one for one, like superstar swap, like, okay, then you can get into that. But for, for like, I like Auntie Manta yeah, or for some jamoke on the second line right wing. No, thanks. Like, what are you doing there? So I think that stuff has been kicked around a lot lately, and I don't really quite understand it. I think Tory Krug brings so much to the table that you can't find anywhere else in the NHL because if you could, you would have already found it. Like, he's such a dynamic player on the power play, and he's just a a good person to have in your locker room. He's in that like intermediate uh, leadership group. You know, he's not one of the young kids, but he's not a Bergeron or a Krejci or a Chara, but he's definitely on the, like the, the upper end of your leadership group. So he brings a lot to the table in that regard too. So there's so many intangibles that like, you're not going to, I mean, Matt Grizzlick is like the best like version of like a Tory Krug that you could, you could find a on the Bruins, but like maybe in like the whole Atlantic division, like toward, there's not too many Tory Krugs. The Bruins have the only Tory Krug. Well, it's true. And that's the thing. And that's sort of what makes him so special. And it's also, you know, his play in the defensive zone has gotten much better. He's paired great with Brandon Carlo. Like last off, last playoffs, they were going against top forward lines. Why split that up? Like, Keep them together for the playoffs. Keep them together. If you want to make a run for it, you keep Krug. And if he walks at the end of the year, then so be it. You tried for the cup. Because if you trade Krug off, here's the, here's the nightmare scenario. You trade Krug off, you get a guy like a Mantha or, you know, some just buttercup on the second line. And you get that. And they're, you know, okay offensive production. And the Bruins are out in the first or second round. And their power play stinks. And their offensive production from D is not great. And you're just like, well, okay, we had all that and we blew it. 
and we completely screwed it over. So I do like that, I guess would be the nightmare scenario is everything Krug does well for this team just gets thrown to the wolves because they traded them. But it won't happen. Don't trade Tory Krug. No, I don't think it will. I really, I don't think it will, but there are people who are entertaining it. And I'm hey, just like, why? Here, the people that are doing that, they're, they're not Don Sweeney. Don Sweeney's out here playing chess while we're playing checkers, you know? Oh my God. That's a great line. I've heard it, but that is a tremendous. It's perfect for Don Sweeney because, like, he's like a soft-spoken guy, doesn't really uh, tip his hand too much, and he's just a genius. Well, he's looked like a genius so far. We'll see if he can keep it up. But, like, it's incredible. He waited to, like, the the last possible moment and just, like, got McAvoy and Carlo under there. And he's built – like, he fourth-liners, like you said, he just picks them up off the street. If they're if they want too much money, like Noel Chari, see ya. We'll get Nordstrom and Chris Wagner in here, and we're just gonna keep the train rolling. I mean, yeah, I think at resigning his own guys and resigning those guys, he's great. But free agency really has been a struggle for him. I mean, Bolesky, Bacchus, mm, fair, not great. How about, how about Charlie Coyle? I was one of the biggest like uh, supporters of Ryan Donato, and I was like, I don't know if we won this trade. Oh, we. The Bruins won that trade. Charlie Coyle is fantastic. Yes. Oh, totally. I mean, trade-wise, it's been pretty solid. I can't think of a trade that he's made that I'm like, oh, my God, what are you doing? But free agency-wise, yeah, yes. And the 2015 draft, he was GM for, correct? Yeah, yeah. Chirelli had been gone by then. I don't think it, I don't know if it was his scouting, but Chirelli had been gone by then. Um, I think it was his – I think that was Sweeney's first – Draft, if I'm not mistaken. I, I hope I'm right on that. Um, that was not a great draft. At least it seems like it's not turning out to be one. So Sweeney's not perfect, but when it comes to resigning his own guys and resigning fourth liners and signing fourth liners and trading for guys at the deadline, he seems okay at it. Um, Matt Castle, before Sorry. you go, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Anything I would like to plug? Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. It's at Matt Castle or at Matt underscore castle 22. Same there you go. For my Instagram. There we go. Um, yeah. Follow me. Read my stuff. Just out here grinding. You were telling before the season, you want to get your Instagram a little pumped up. What, uh, give me an elevator pitch of why people should follow you on Instagram. Uh, it's the perfect behind the scenes uh, page for anything Bruins content. Whenever, whenever I'm at the game, I'm interviewing players you want to see the arena, you want to see some interviews, you want to see me grinding, kicking ass, taking names, follow me, and hey, we'll see where it goes. We will. We will see where it goes. Matt, thank you for joining us. Yep. Uh, and for CLS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. Matt, happy Thanksgiving, and to all the Bruins Beat listeners out there, you guys have a happy Thanksgiving as well. And also, have a great rest of your week. <laughs>